Let's continue in our quest of understanding a little bit about Loshon Hara. So, Chazal tell us something very, very interesting. Chazal tell us that there were various items of clothing that the Kohen Godel had, and those clothings were served as a kapora, as an atonement for Kalal Yisrael. The Me'il, as Chazal tell us, the Me'il served as an atonement for Loshon Hara. The Kohen Godel used to wear the Me'il, and as Chazal tell us, that was an atonement, a kapora for Kalal Yisrael, speaking Loshon Hara. Now an interesting idea of one of the features of the Me'il was, as the Gemara in Erechen tells us, Tezvav, that one of the ideas of the Me'il was, it was fully Tcheles. It was totally Tcheles. What was the reason for that? Says the Gemara in Erechen. The reason why it was fully Tcheles is because it's a color that resembles the Kisei covered. Right? Tcheles, we know from Tzitzis, the parish of Tzitzis. Tcheles resembles the color of the Kisei covered. You may ask, if that's true, and that's beautiful, it's very, very nice, but what is the connection between the Tcheles and the Me'il being an atonement for Lashon Hara? Okay, that's what Chazal tell us, but what does it mean? Okay? So the Chavetz Chaim explains it, that's as follows. The Chavetz Chaim brings a ton of Dvelio, and the ton of Dvelio says that Lashon Hara, we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, Lashon Hara rises all the way to Kisar Kovit. That means when a person speaks Lashon Hara, he will have to face judgment. He will have to face judgment before the Kisar Kovit, and the Tcheles on the Me'il of the Kohen Godel will be a reminder of that, because it's time to the color of the Kisar Kovit. Is everybody with me? Okay. So that's a very important idea, which to remember what it means when a person speaks Lashon Hara all the way to Kisar Kovit. Okay. You know... You wonder why the Chovetz Chaim wrote the Sefer that he did. What a schus. What an unbelievable schus. But why did he do it? So the Sefer, there's a Sefer, you can find it in the Sparm shelves, called Kol Kisvei Chovetz Chaim. All the writings of the Chovetz Chaim. And it's written mainly by the son of the Chovetz Chaim, Revari Leib Kavim. The son of the Chovetz Chaim wrote many things about his father. And he explains, what was it that promoted his father to write the Sefer Chovetz Chaim on the Lachas of Lashon So the Chovetz Chaim himself already says, Right, he doesn't mention this part, but he says that because I didn't see any place where all the halachas are brought down in one place. For example, if you want to learn Hilchas, I don't know, Bayra, so you open up seven Shin Yates. If you want to learn Hilchas Yechud, you open up Ebenezer Simachabes. If you want to you go through every halacha that you want to do, and you can find the Simon, you can find where it is in Shulchanor, where Dalil Chalka Shulchanor, you can figure it out. Chavetz Chaim, there was no place. It's not mentioned in Shulchan Aruch. It's very hard. It's in Rambam's, Rabbeinu Yoyinah's. It's all over the place. So the Chavaz Chaim says himself, the reason why I did this is because I never saw one place where everything was put together in a clear format. But that's what the Chavaz Chaim writes. The Chavaz Chaim's son writes something else. The Chavaz Chaim's son writes that there was a terrible, terrible machlokas that happened when the Chavaz Chaim was in Radin and he was 24 years old. He was 24 years old. A tremendous, tremendous machlokas happened in the community. And there was an argument between the Rav and various members of the community, and it led eventually for the Rav to be forced out of town. It was a huge machlokas, he couldn't stay there, he had to leave. Not long after that, the Rav passed away, and the people that were involved in the machlokas got tremendous sorrows in their lives. Says the Chavetz Chaim's son, when the Chavetz Chaim saw this, he was convinced 
that it was a problem of Lashon Hara that caused the Machlokes. And therefore, if people would know, A, how severe the halachas are, and B, how to know what's mutter and what's asa, that would save many arguments, machlokes, tsaris, and who knows what else in Kalalius world. So, just from that story alone, we can understand what it means to learn the halachas. Right? Again, those people that be makabal to learn, how beautiful, this is a chizik for you. Those that haven't, take it upon yourselves. It's a kabbal de galimut. And like the Chavitz comes, it stops from machlokes, from tsaris, from who knows what. Okay, so yesterday we talked a little bit about the Yisra of Lashonor who it applies to in various different ways. I want to move on a little bit like this. The Chavaz Chaim in Kalvov writes as follows, right? This is already quite much into the safe, but Kalvov is already further in. And he writes a new halacha. The Chavaz Chaim says, not only is it Asa to speak Lashonor, that's Parshat, but it's an Isidoraisa, Isidoraisa, to listen and be the cover Lashonor. Ramesh is the right, so which means if you're sitting in a conversation, sitting on the couch, sitting in the dining room, sitting in the bismedrash, sitting on your bed, whatever it is, and there's people talking, and unfortunately people talk about other people, right? That's a very big story. The Chomets Chaim was once in an inn, and they were discussing horses. The Chomets Chaim was all, you know, smiling and happy, and they're like, you happy with this conversation? Like, come on, they're discussing horses. I mean, people love horses, and it's beautiful to love animals, but Amaisa, this is not a Gishmaka conversation with the Heiliger Heiliger Chomets Chaim. And he said, it's beautiful. Because they're not discussing people. Once you discuss people, it's kimat, kimat zecha, says the Chofetz Chaim, that you're going to come to Lashnor. Therefore, the moment you're not discussing people, you're probably okay. So if you're sitting on your bed, you're sitting in the dining room, you're sitting in the bed, you're sitting on the couch, and someone discusses something, and someone says something about somebody else, and you're listening. So you are getting an Issa Doraisa, beautiful, an Issa Doraisa, for listening, and for being the Kabbal Lashnor. Right? You believe what you heard, which most of us do. Which most of us do. You hear something, and the end of the day, no one says, ah, come on. Unless it sounds crazy. But if it sounds normal, you just nod your head, you smile, you laugh, you ignore it, who knows what. But you believe it, right? There's no reason for you not to believe it. You're not discussing, first of all, Lashonara is even on truth. Lashonara is on, we said this in the beginning, Lashonara doesn't mean he's lying. He's saying 100% truth, that guy, Taka, went there last night. He's right, he did, but you are not allowed to believe it. That's it. You are not allowed to believe it. Yes, you do. You you know why? Whoa, whoa, you're only saying that because until today, until you heard this, or until you learned the halachas, you know there's another tzad. When someone says something, you don't have to act on it, you don't have to respond to him. It just goes in. We just believe things. That's how we act. Chavetz Chaim is saying it's possible to switch that. But Chavetz Chaim is telling us it's possible for a person to hear something from someone, and I don't believe it. Okay? That's what the Chavetz Chaim says. Not only that, listen, one second, we said the Chavetz Chaim, if a person is Mechabel Loshon Hora, person actually believes it, which again, like I said, most of us do. Uh, maybe I speak to myself, I don't know about you guys, but maybe, you know, whatever. So we speak Loshon Hora, we listen to, and we believe Loshon Hora. He's over on the Isidoraisa, the Isidoraisa, the Sisa Shemesha, which, what Chazal tell us, Godel Oynesh HaMechabel Yosem right? Says Chazal, you, the guy who believed the Lashon Hara, you get a bigger punishment than he who said it. That's Chazal, that they say. What's the reason? Because if you weren't listening, and you weren't being the Kabul, which basically goes together, then he wouldn't be saying it. Generally, people don't talk to themselves. Generally. Generally, people don't talk to themselves. So if you're there, you are enabling him to talk. And therefore, that's why you have a bigger Issa and a bigger punishment. And therefore, it's a problem. By the way, even if 
the guy who said it said it in front of a huge audience. Said in front of hundreds of people. Come on, come on! I can't not macabre. Said in front of everyone. It must be true. Doesn't make a difference. It is still Asa in that case. Even if the guy himself is there, he doesn't even deny it. <laughs> he talks about the way he went last night. The guy's like, you know, cheekily smiling. You're not going to believe it. Come on, the guy. The guy. The guy you talked about was in front of you. He didn't deny. He didn't say and go there. What are you talking about? Can you imagine you talk Russian about someone? You say, this guy didn't wash for Shalosh Shalos. That's for Shalom, right? The guy's there. He doesn't mind. Doesn't bother him, right? You, do, you just said Lashon Hara, don't I say, right? Because you said something bad about someone, someone that wasn't Mekayim a mitzvah. Chotz Kayim, by the way, brings this down as an example. People have no idea how common these things are. Eh, <laughs> I'm not Rabshay Lachostad, so I don't have to do Rav Malka, I'm saying that. We don't chap. We don't even chap, you know? You miss Baruch You know what you just did? We don't even chap half the things that we say, that they even Lashon Hara. That's why it's not shy of me to go through everything. You have to learn Chotz Kayim yourself. Because you'll become a lot more sensitized to it. It, it. Just the more you learn, the more you hear, the more you understand. It's incredible. Just like I told you, I'm just giving you snippets, ideas. What about listening without accepting? What about a case? I'm going to listen. in the mikvah, I'm not going to accept it though. I went to the shame. I'm not going to accept it. Are you allowed to listen without accepting? Oh, beautiful! Says the Chovetz Chaim, Issa Daraisa, Mamish Issa Daraisa. Who wouldn't? Anybody eat chametz on Pesach? So if there are other people. Uh, Come in. So there are other people. Destroy the base of English, shall we say? What? If there are other people, this guy talks. No. No. Chametz discusses that as well. Even there's more people, the more people, the more into it he is, the more excited he is, the more he goes on. And once they start trickling away, he stops. Listening to Lashon Hora is Asa, even if you make up your mind not to accept it. The only exception. Yes, sir. So that, that that's already getting into many many proti protim. It could be if you know about it, that you're not being macabalit. Obviously, you're not as macabalit. But again, it could be he's talking to other people. Now, the exception over here is if it's nagayet to you. What if it's nagayet to you? What if you need to know? For example, you want to start a new chavusa, and you want to ask the previous chavusa of this guy. I think he's a good chavusa for me. Why do you want to know? You won't know because I want to know is he clever, is he fast, is he slow, does he go through every Rashi, does he go through every Tosus, Pnei Yeshua, Kiveiga. I want to know how does he learn? It's, it's Nagaya to me. It's very, very important. Does this guy ever come two minutes late to say that? It's not Nagaya. How can I learn with such a guy? You need to know these things. These are very important things to know, right? So, Lemaisa, if it is Nagaya to you, it's Nagaya for Shidduchim, it's Nagaya for Chavusas, it's Nagaya for business partners. You want to ask, is he a trustworthy guy to go into business with? He wants to go, he wants to go into business with me. Is this a trustworthy situation? So then, you are allowed, again, without going into all the details, there's a tremendous amount of details, but just to give an idea, you are allowed to listen, but you're never allowed to suspect. So the Chofetz Chaim, what, you're an idiot? Oh, come on. What are you meant to be, a tippish, a fool? So the Chofetz Chaim says, no, you're allowed to be choishish. For example, let's say you hear from someone that a guy never pays back a loan. You hear this, you're sitting on the couch, and someone's complaining, oh, I lent this guy money at twice, three times, four times, he's never paid me back. That, that's, that's, that's an issa, right? Because you're not allowed to not pay someone back. So it's Lashon Ho. Now you hear that. You're not allowed to be Mekabalit, 100%, never allowed to be Mekabalit. But what you are allowed to do is be Choshish. Which means if that guy comes over to you and says, hey, can I please borrow $100? You can be Choshish and say, not say, but 
No. Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim. Again, again, you have to understand. I'm skipping all the details. Chavetz Chaim goes through this barichas and explains it. I'm just giving the Rashi prokim. Chavetz Chaim says that there's a difference between believing it that it's true and being chayshish for it. Meaning, believing it means I believe it. This guy is a liar. He's a cheater. He's a thief. He doesn't bear anyone back. That's called believing it. Or it's not true. Come on. But Lemaisa, for the sake of my hundred dollars in my back pocket, I'm going to be chayshish for it. Right? That's the word of the Chavetz Chaim. And again, I'm skipping steps here, only because we're not shy to go to all Sefer Chavetz Chaim in a few short But there is a difference. When it's mutter, also for Shidduchim, and to know things like that, and things like that. Or, for example, if it's very Negea, that a parent has to know about a child. Let's say if you're friendly with someone, and he's doing something to damage him, you tell the parent, I'm just letting you know, this is what your son's doing. Again, the parents not allowed to believe it. The parent can be chayshish for it and deal with it. They're not allowed to believe it, but you are allowed to say it, and you're allowed to listen. If you're a parent, and someone's telling you about your child, and let's not to Ellis. All of these situations, right? Again, to go through every situation, not shayach, but just to give you an idea that sometimes, yes, it is mutter in that case. I told you, I once had to call up a rov and tell him, please break off this shidduch. They were about to get engaged either that night or the next night. Baruch Hashem, they didn't. I think now they're both married. Different people. But Akaponi, he had no idea. The Chosen, no, sorry, the Kala had no idea what the Chosen was getting up to. I did. In fact, somebody called me. I didn't believe him because I said I didn't hear it myself. I didn't know it myself. I didn't see it myself. I'm not believing you, but I'm going to be Chosen for it enough not to ruin a marriage of a girl. And therefore, I called up the Rav of the community there who was very involved in the Kala's family. And I said, do me a favor. This is what I've heard. It's not 100% facts. I don't know 100%. I never saw it myself. This is the matter, but it's from a reliable source. You could decide to do with it whatever you want. Obviously, you have to be careful from all the conditions. You can't exaggerate. You can't have any personal toyellas from it. You can't hate the guy and say, Ah, got him! Doesn't work that way, right? That's what they do in America with the president. When we're talking about a regular situation where you, don't, you, like, you have nothing against the guy or anything like that, you simply want to help people. What's that? Let's say, let's say in your case, you hated this guy, but you knew what's going on. If you hate him, you're not allowed to do it. Because you have the Chavis Khan says, Absolutely not. In that case, you're not allowed. Why? Because you have a personal toyellas. You enjoy the fact that I, I ruined his business partnership or whatever it is. Are you with me? Are you sure? Again, there are many details here. There's also the Chavetz Chaim. It's pages and pages and pages of halachas. You have to go. There's a reason the Chavetz Chaim spelling you can every word, right? You didn't just write stam. Okay. I'll tell you a modicum actually. Just to give you a sensitivity of who the Chavetz Chaim was. Chavetz Chaim used to travel from place to place selling his farm. If you think about it, it's mind-boggling. If the God Ladar, the Tzadik Adar, Mamish, a Goin Otsab, a Tzadik, who Mamish wrote Sfarim, nobody knew who he was, nobody cared, they never go around from shul to shul. And you ever saw these guys who come around the shul selling these Sfarim? You don't even look at them. You're like, if, you're not, if you're like a nice guy, you hold yourself to be like a good Midas guy, they're like smiling and saying, really sorry, you know, just to be nice. But that's it. Can you imagine the Chobetz Chaim coming around shores and people like not even looking at him, not even caring. Who, who are you? You've got Sfarim and Sfarim. Get out. Like, you know, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it didn't stop the Chobetz Chaim. He wanted to spread terror. Anyway, so he used to go from place to place. How did he get everywhere? He used to, you know, rent a wagon or, you know, rent somebody's wagon that they were going anywhere that place and he used to go on. One particular time, he got onto a wagon. They had no idea who he was and he uh, had all his farm there and it was very, very squashed. And he said, do me a favor, and Mama told the driver, I'm sitting here like this, it's squashed as anything. I, I, push, I can't do this anymore. Can you give me a couple of minutes break to get out, stretch my limbs, stretch my bones, and then I'll come back on and then we'll continue the journey. The driver says, sure, no problem. He, he, he stops for a minute, Chavetz Chaim gets off, stretches for a moment, and the wagon driver drives off. Hey, who's this guy in here? What do I need him for? And he drives off. So Chavetz Chaim had to never walk all the way to the town in order to, you know, 
go to that town to get his farm and sell the farm. So he goes to the town, he finds out where the wagon driver lives, he goes to his house, he takes the farm, and he pays him for the journey. That alone is unbelievable. But it continues. He leaves, packs up, gets a wagon, another wagon, obviously, and goes to the next town. And someone said, well, one second, you're here now with all your farm, but maybe you want to sell it, maybe you want to... He says, no. He says, if I start selling my farm, what normally happens is people start coming to me with shilas, and people start coming to me with brochas, because they realize who I am, I have tremendous oscomacy, and people know who I am. I don't want to give sour to that wagon driver when he hears, oh my gosh, look what I did to the Heilige Chofetzchaim. Right? That's a sensitivity about somebody else's feelings. And that's why the Chofetz Chaim was who he was, and that's how he got the source of writing such a thing, because the sensitivity he had to somebody else was absolutely tremendous. The sensitivity that he had to somebody else's feelings, to think about somebody else, and that's what we have to do. We have to train ourselves not just to speak that which comes to our minds. And we do that all the time. Again, I speak for myself. We just, we just talk, we just say. We never think beforehand. This teaches us, and the more we learn the halachas, and tomorrow Be'ez HaShem will continue with a bit more, the more we learn the halachas, the more we get a sensitivity to understand how chosh of it is, the words that come out of our mouth, how much they can affect somebody else, what they can do to somebody else. And that's what we have to do. We have to learn to measure our words, to count our words, to realize the potential damage that our words can do. Have a sensitivity to somebody else's feelings. You can literally change somebody's life. Have a wonderful day. Tomorrow, we're going to wrap up all the archers.